All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We, uh, I guess, don't have fun stuff to talk about for this episode, but we will talk soccer. We will, we will talk Orange County Soccer Club, and we'll try and make it as fun as we can uh, with what happened this past weekend. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy, he's found a great ball, and it bolts in plenty of time, he smashes it home, and doubles the visitors' lead, Thomas Ennevolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it, Pineda, the extra pass, Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County Keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome back to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i'm your host ray samora and i'm with you each and every episode as we discuss all things orange county soccer club uh, joining me as he does each and every episode we've got dylan from county line coalition dylan how are things going? You can ask how I'm doing. How's it going? Yeah, that's what I asked. Did you? Yes. Oh. Well, that shows how well the stream's going because I did not hear you at all. So uh, it's going to be one of those evenings. Um... It's going to be one of those wonderful evenings where just it goes crazy. We might have to call it short because of some uh, technical issues. If you didn't notice, we're getting started about 20 to 30 minutes late here. Uh, we are trying something new out. Didn't quite work, so we had to revert to our normal setup here. And so we apologize for those of you that rely on us to be here on time each and every Tuesday. Okay, Dylan, probably how are you stop, doing? Probably stop relying on us being on time because that's never the case. But I'm doing all right. Um, successfully avoided most of the heat today, so... Just making it through another week, and we got three games this coming week. I'm really excited for it. Dylan is excited. How about uh, Alan in San Diego? Alan, are you excited for this uh, upcoming uh, group of matches coming up? Yeah, I think uh, they're going to be a good test to our home form, and we got a uh, a good matchup coming up against San Antonio, and then I think uh, Reno and then El Paso, I believe, come in. So we have, I know it's not El Paso, it's at least Reno. And so we got a tough test. Oh, it's Sacramento. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's uh, it'll be a good barometer to where this team really is. They don't show up well on the road, apparently. Uh, but their home form has been really good this year. So it uh, should be a good run of three games. And one thing maybe to, to be hopeful for is, and we'll get in talking about uh, at least our next match here and uh, moving a little bit forward here, maybe just talking briefly about what is to come for Orange County is uh, this upcoming match uh, this weekend against San Antonio is another team that's been struggling a bit this season. Uh, so it might be a chance for Orange County to turn things back around. We'll see how that goes. But first, we have to talk about the match this past weekend that saw Orange County travel over to Austin. And they looked like they were going to make the miraculous comeback uh, in the second half there. 
uh, you know, they, they were down two one at halftime. They scored a goal in the second half. It was two, two heading into, uh, I believe extra time there and same old story, uh, as we've been talking about pretty much every episode this season, it seems like Dylan, um, your, your, your initial impressions on this match. Um, it was a roller coaster of emotions. First 10 minutes thought we did okay. knowing how we normally come out in matches. And then of course, 10th minute was not pleased. Uh, 10 through 20th was at livid at that point. And then Edson Alvarado pulls one back in the 27th minute. And I think, okay, we got a chance. I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic. Um, go into the half. Nothing really happens. Okay. Okay. Really felt like we were, we were drawing at that point. Um, and of course, um, Aaron makes a huge save. Um, rolls the ball out. Kevin Coleman picks it up, slots it over to Seton. Seton strikes home. We equalize. I'm feeling pretty good. I think we got another one. We can do it. We bring on a couple attacking subs. Um, and I think, okay, we're going to go for the win here, which is smart. I think we need to go for the win uh, on the road. And we defend a bunch of set pieces successfully. And then we finally concede in the 93rd minute. And I'm livid. And I'm unsurprised. And, yeah, it really put a damper on my Saturday night, if I'm being entirely honest. I was like, well, I have no interest in the rest of this evening <laughs> but how many times has that happened this season you know it's it's getting to the point where i can't remember well it's getting to the point where uh i i think as fans when you're watching the match in orange county is either up one or tied going into extra time i i think we're more nervous than anything because it's i i can't even remember how many it is but i i i think it's at least like six or seven times a season where the team is headed into either extra time or like the closing minutes of regulation and conceded a goal, which dropped points for orange County, which isn't what fans want to see. Isn't probably what the coaching staff want to see out there. And we really, it, it's one of those things that's becoming very frustrating as an orange County fan, Alan, uh, your thoughts on just the overall match. And then we'll definitely get into some more details and, and dig deeper into it. Well, I watched this after the fact, so I, I was already mad just from the updates uh, of the game and kind of knowing how it ended and what time it ended in. Um, I was kind of following along, watching a little bit, following along ESPN. Uh, so when I watched it in its full, I was not necessarily looking at it like I normally look at a game. I was trying to find some positives, some things that maybe we were doing well, uh, maybe thinking about some uh, possible tweaks to maybe the lineup um to that might have pushed this game in a different direction uh so i was trying to find some more positive aspects of the game and then kind of look at definitely uh knowing what happens later like break uh taking a look at some of the defensive issues that orange county was having um so i walked away a little bit less depressed than i think i would have been watching it live uh because i already knew and was already going to be sad at the end uh, so it was kind of watching it in a, a different light. Um, it led to some um, interesting observations, I guess. Uh, so let's uh, talk, I guess, about maybe what's probably the one shining moment of the match, and that was uh, Edson Alvarado's first professional goal with the club. Uh, probably one of the nicer crosses this season that we've seen, and um, he was open in the back post, back post area no defender in his way and 
I, I think for a lot of people, when it's maybe you're only a few games into your professional career uh, or with a new club and you're that wide open, it, it's a, there's a lot of opportunity to mess that up. And then sort of people look at you like, how did you miss that opportunity? But he did a good job of controlling the header, got it down towards the ground, got it past the goalkeeper, scored a goal. You could tell he was excited. You could tell his teammates were excited after that goal went through. Dylan, uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Edson's first professional goal with Orange County? Um, Probably one of the easiest chances of his career that he's ever going to have. I know he's only 21, but really, you're not going to get much easier than that unmarked. Keeper's not even in front of you. You're... <laughs> two or three yards off the goal line. Um, I think most of the credit's got to go to Joe Amico there for that cross. Um, that makes it as easy as possible. Floating it too, so it basically has no pace on it. You just have to have some part of your body hit it. And when you have all the time in the world, when you're unmarked to, to turn and put it in, it's, it's even better for you. But um, he was he was excited. I think he's, he's played well so far um, to get a goal that, should probably boost his confidence, uh, especially one on the road. So I'm hoping it, it leads to more because um, he's definitely looked good playing that far up uh, on the pitch on the left. Yeah. And I, I guess for the, the, the awesomeness of that goal, there were some opportunities when he was having to track back on defense and, and help out Awusa-Ansa uh, contour uh, back there. There was a, a few moments there. And I think watching the ESPN uh, plus broadcast, it sounded like some of the uh, the or the announcers were sort of mixing in basketball references with soccer references, breaking his ankles and all that fun stuff. And, and so there was a couple of times where he was really out of his element there. But I, I think we most of us know he's more of an offensive minded player out there. So uh, that goal was was a thing of beauty. Uh, Alan, let me ask you this is is Dylan said that's pretty much the easiest goal he's ever going to have. Is it truly that easy? Or do you think that's probably a little bit more of a difficult goal? Because when you're that wide open, when pretty much everyone expects the ball to go to the back of the net, it, those in my mind, or when I've watched any kind of sport, not just soccer, those easy opportunities sometimes are the hardest and most difficult opportunities uh, for, for a player to, to finish. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Alan? Yeah, um, I think this might be the easiest goal that he might ever get because uh, he's not a striker, so he's not going to find himself in those positions uh, as often uh, and that wide open. Um, you know, he's, he's been definitely more of a midfield player, and so he's usually the guy who's delivering those balls as opposed to um, more of like a wing player who might be up at front of the goal. Um, I do think he just found a nice soft pocket, and it was really smart of him um, to put himself – where he wasn't by defenders and then terrible defending uh, to not, I mean, you're basically, you lose track of a guy that bad or don't pick him up. Um, that's just really poor defending. No one should have that easy of a header. Uh, but Dylan's right. It was, it was, he just basically had to just like touch it home. Um, yeah. We see strikers miss them because they're trying to like boot it over um, or they like tap it just wide. Cause they're trying to be cute. Um, but I think with him, he's, not that guy who tries to be cute. He's trying to just get it in the net. And so I think uh, maybe he's not trying too hard and maybe that's what makes it easier for him. Now, could you guys see, could you guys tell that he was excited once that ball got uh, past the goalkeeper into the back of the net? Um, he didn't quite know where to go, I think at first, but he figured out 
uh, after he figured out where he was, he figured out where to go, where to celebrate with his teammates. Uh, Dylan, um, what'd you think? Uh, did he look excited out there? Yeah, he, he just looked like he had no idea what to do, how to celebrate, um, linked up with Joe and then was just like, I'm just going to run around and kind of like shake my arms around and, and look super stoked. Um, I mean, he's just, he's obviously enjoying playing. Um, he enjoyed that goal pretty clearly. You know, maybe he doesn't have the, the backflip lined up or any number of Fortnite dances to uh, to run through. But it's a Vinicius-style uh, celebration there at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's got plenty of time. And with the talent he's shown, um, maybe he should spend a couple minutes at the end of training every day trying to figure out a nice uh, goal celebration or something. No, definitely. And, you know, uh, what better way to sort of uh, celebrate a first goal with, with your basically a hometown team, right? Because he's... I, I think he's local to Orange County, if I can remember. Yeah, he's from Whittier. Uh, when the club announced, okay, so not Orange County if he's from Whittier, but close enough. Uh, what be, better way to celebrate something like that? Uh, if anyone wants to to help celebrate this moment, maybe get a, an image of that celebration at the end of it, you can send it over to our friends Golden Gold Press, create a shirt or a hat or something memorizing uh, or celebrating that moment for Edson. Uh, hit up uh, Again, hit them up, Golden Gold Press. If not, you can make a scarf that says you know his first goal or something like that roughneck scarves are other partners uh, when it comes to this podcast alan what do you think would that be a would, would you buy an uh, an edson alvarado first goal celebration shirt if, if that became available if someone decided to go to golden gold press and, and make one of those uh sure i mean the joy on his face was pretty infectious like you you felt it through the screen that he was just the happiest person he looked like if i had scored a goal ever in anything just like super excited like you just put like a curler over the wall into the top corner like that's a goal is a goal it looks the same on paper uh and so he he just looked super super happy and you have to feel really good watching that type of joy on the pitch that's one and i think that's one of the reasons why you know fans of orange county soccer club sometimes follow this team because you have these young players that all they really want to do is be out there and play play soccer they're not making millions of dollars like players in the MLS, like players in Europe, uh, they are barely getting by, but they're getting the opportunity to play a sport that they've loved, that they've been playing their whole lives and to be able to play professionally uh, and get opportunities like this to score and showcase what you have out there. Uh, that's one of the great things about this league and about this team is you get to see moments like that. Now, it would have been better if Orange County would have been able to pull out the victory in this match, which, or at least the the draw, the the one, the two two draw, which seemed like they were going to get there uh, in late in, into extra time in the second half there, uh, but yeah, trouble struck. The I I, I don't know what we want to call it. It's it's I want to say there's probably been more moments like this where we blow or we drop points in the uh, extra time or in the closing minutes than. Um, at this point, get points in those those times in those matches. I don't know if anyone has that stat right in front of them, but that is just the way it seems. Uh, Dylan, wh what's the problem with this team? Why are we continuously doing this, and why did it happen again against Austin? Uh, well, to just take Alan's words from Saturday night. Um, well, he asked, "Can we just remind people that games aren't just ninety minutes?" And that's the case is we don't play full matches. Maybe we show up for 60 minutes against New Mexico at the beginning of the year. We showed up for 45 minutes in Reno, The very first game I'd reckon we showed up for 30 minutes and we got a little bit better 
Uh, first time we played the switchbacks, 90 minutes. I would say that was pretty true the second time we played the switchbacks. But the second there's a set piece and it's extra time, someone gets lazy, someone doesn't do their job, someone stops paying attention, maybe they're tired, maybe they just don't feel like doing it because it's this level, and then we concede a goal. It's happened against OCFC in the Open Cup. It's happened against uh, T2 a few weeks ago. Now against it's happening against the Bold. Galaxy. Against Galaxy it happened? Yeah. Happened against Fresno. Uh, it wasn't extra time, but it's, you know, the last 10 minutes of a match, and we just shut off. And, you know, there's guys that are out there giving 100% for 95 minutes. And unfortunately, those guys never seem to be defenders or center backs. Um, or, you know, there's not 10 of them, so they're not everyone's doing their defensive duties. But, yeah, it's always just one or two people making a stupid mistake and the rest of the team gets screwed for it and the fans get screwed for it. So, I mean, normally I'm calling out Harry Forrester for not defending properly or Liam Trotter because I don't think he's a center back despite the fact we play him there a lot. I mean, the last two weeks it's it's been Leonardo, but especially against the Bold. The first goal, uh, I think what Alan called it earlier, was uh, probably one of the best assists ever. Um, what a great touch. And then the the third goal, he just walks away from his man and, and leaves him onside. And you can't do that. I mean, the guy's got 122 appearances in in MLS between playing for the Galaxy and playing for the Dynamo. And then he's just, he shuts off a lot. And we've seen the last two weeks and it really punished us against the Bold. So, but you know, yeah. Dylan, I think Leonardo might be calling you right now to, to chew you out for, for the criticism you have there. I was calling the wrong phone. So that, that works. <laughs> Um, let me get to you really quick. And I, sorry to cut you off there, Dylan. If you had a little bit more to say, well, I'll, I'll give you a chance to finish off what you have to say. But I want to talk to Alan really quick because uh, Dylan mentioned, you know, letting down the fans, letting down some of those players that are uh, giving it. They're all out there on the pitch. And I, I think one of the players maybe we need to recognize too in this match was young goalkeeper Aaron Cervantes, who made quite a few excellent saves in the match. I know he gave up three goals and I know maybe uh, you have to be in better position on some of these. But part of the reason why we had that opportunity to get the draw in those closing minutes and in extra time is because two or three key saves that Aaron Cervantes made in the second half. Uh, Alan, uh, do you feel bad for Aaron Cervantes in this or is it, I mean, if you're going to give up three goals, I mean, you deserve sort of this type of outcome. Um, I definitely feel bad. Uh, you never want to see a 17 year old put on a pretty good performance like that and walk away giving up three goals. Um, I think maybe the second one, maybe, but that went through like 14 of our defenders' legs. Like any of them could have blocked it, and it didn't, and it just bounced in. The first goal was it hit Leonardo's shins with, you know, a beautiful right there to the to Lima. You know, it would have been a miracle save for Cervantes to have that quick of a reflex to recognize the ball bouncing off Leonardo without him clearing it. Like maybe he's like, ah, he's got this. He's going to clear it. And then it bounces off to him, right to the fender. Uh, and the other one was, um, you know, the ball comes out off of a corner kick and just pushed is put right back in. Uh, I think that's a hard one to pick up too. Cause I'm sure he's stepping out to uh, play the angle from the, the player. Cause sometimes it's a shot coming in and then it just goes to the far post. And I mean, like Dylan said, uh, he it's a local boy who's played tons of soccer and seems to come up big for Austin. 
and he just puts one in. You know, he's kind of like a super sub. I think he came on and scored a hat trick in 30 minutes one time uh, this season. So you just can't leave a guy like that that open. Um, I just don't think Cervantes really could have done a whole lot better. And some of the saves he made were phenomenal. It's pretty clear why he was looked at and got called up for U17s for goalkeeping. Like, he's 17 and he's that good. Um, Shore up the defense in front of him. Maybe he gets a little seasoning and maybe cuts down an angle on that second goal. um, Or, I don't know, like, finds it through the legs and comes up with something. Uh, I just don't think you can put the L on him. In fact, he was one of the better players on the pitch. All right, so uh, let's get our last thoughts on this match because I don't want to stick on this too much. You know, it, it was a disappointing outcome. Like it's like Dylan said, it ruined his Saturday night. Sorry to hear that, Dylan. Uh, but any last thoughts, Dylan, on this match that you want to get out there, get off your chest before we look ahead to what's coming up? Um, no, no, I don't really think so. And I have to say that was the only thing that I had going on Saturday night. So, you know, like... That that's why it, it kind of ruined it, but they, they really gotta they gotta shore up defensively, really focus and play for each other. Um, as as we move forward, there's what 16, 15 games left now, and um, you know, three four wins puts us decently into playoff positions, and it, it's gotta come on the bounce at this point. They really have to start playing better. They could start against San Antonio on Saturday, um, a team which does not play well on the road and doesn't score a lot of goals. We could probably beat that team. I, I love how you say we could probably do that. Um, really quick before we get to, to San Antonio, Alan, do you have any last thoughts on the uh, on the Austin match? Uh, yeah, stay on side, please. Um, I'd like to see Coleman maybe get a start instead of Van Wolfgang and have Coleman, uh, Seton, and Jones up top. I think that's going to look real good. Uh, Human for um, Leonardo. And, um, you know, as soon as Duke gets fit and is game ready, I think that's going to be an exciting addition, almost like signing a new player. Uh, So I think there's a lot of really good play on the field to come. And, I'd like to see DJ stay on the side a little bit more because um, I think he has a better chance of being an offensive gun from an onside position. And um, I think a few tweaks to the lineup, I think we have a really good shot at you know taking on San Antonio and doing some damage. Perfect. So let's get into the San Antonio match. Uh, San Antonio, like Orange County, is another team that's been struggling this season. Like Alan said, difficult times on the road and not really up there in points. Uh, I'm not looking at the table right in front of me, so I can't tell you exactly where they are, but I'm sure Dylan or Alan, um, if they don't have it in front of them, they, they're pulling it up as I'm speaking so they can sort of let us know where they are. But it's definitely a good opportunity for Orange County in this match, especially being at home against the struggling San Antonio side. They're 14th. They're right behind us with a game in hand, and we have them by two points. All right. So definitely... Uh, Depends on how well they do tomorrow. Um, okay. if they lose tomorrow, we'll be even on points and, or even on games and up on them by two points and Perfect. they are playing scrolling, uh, at El Paso. Okay. Uh, so it was a good shot that they're even on games 
two points behind. So Dylan, is this, I, I think we've already, it's weird. Cause we're saying a lot of the same things each and every yes, episode. It's a must win game. <laughs> you knew these exactly. Next four win, these next four games are must win games. We have and, to get points from all four of these matches. And, and, and the fact, when you look at the schedule, right? Three of them are home. That's against San Antonio against Reno against Sacramento at home. And then on the road against Tacoma, uh, realistically, you have to look at that and you have to say, we need to win those four matches. Uh, you need to come away from these matches with 12 points. That being your goal, if you maybe drop two points in that and, and come away with the draw in one of those matches, I think it's still successful four game stretch. But I think, honestly, at this point, these four matches, they cannot lose any of these matches, right, Alan? Yeah, for sure. There is. I was, they, they pulled them up on the ESPN Plus and I was like, Got to win. Going to be tough. Got to win. Absolutely have to win. Um, San Antonio is 0-7-1 away. Um, probably going to be 0-8-1, the way El Paso's been playing. Uh, so we can just keep piling on those road losses. Uh, Reno at home is going to be tough, but with San Antonio, anything less than three points is an utter disaster, failure, disappointment, everything. Like, we need to really look ourselves in the mirror if we can't beat San Antonio at home. At home. And, and probably at that point, you have to sort of start thinking about throwing in the towel and giving up on this season and looking ahead, maybe playing a lot more of the younger players, giving them an opportunity to grow in preparation for hopefully a better campaign next season. Uh, Dylan, what do we need to see out of Orange County in this match to ensure the three points? We need to see another performance like we saw in Colorado where the team plays one another. Um a similar lineup, I think. Um, Orozco's been good as a center back. I think he needs to play. Walker Hume will be back from suspension. He needs to play. Um, something something like that nature. Getting Kevin Austin back will be a big plus. Still a, a big question mark about when his return is going to be. It's got to be in the coming weeks. Um, getting Christian Duke back, but um, without any match fitness for him, it's going to be a little bit later than expected. And then losing that friendly last week isn't going to help that any, but the team really has to show up and play together. They played together this stretch of the season last year. Um, I think it was last weekend was the one year since they beat uh, San Antonio three nil. And, and that was a team performance. And then we saw team performances in, in August and September last year to get up into first place. That's what we need. We need to be a team. Um, a few of the players aren't playing for the team. And I hate to say that they're playing for themselves because I don't necessarily think that's true either because these performances that are being put in on an individual level haven't been excellent. Um, and that's what brings the team down, really. So play as a unit, and if guys aren't... Really, we're at past the halfway point. If guys aren't showing that they're willing to play as teammates or they're making stupid mistakes this far into the season with guys they've been playing with for 10, 12, 15 weeks now, maybe it's time that they just get dropped for a couple weeks. They did it to Joe a few weeks ago, and he didn't play, and then he didn't play another match, and then look at, he really showed up in Austin. So maybe it's a warning call, even amongst some of these more senior players who have a lot of appearances have a lot of talent that they're not immune to it either and that uh, this might be a second division club but they still have to work hard and they still have to earn their spot in the team yeah alan what about you what is uh what do we need to see at orange county for the three points in this match i i have to agree with a lot of what dylan was saying um 
I like it better when they play and keep the ball on the ground as opposed to passing over the top a whole bunch. Uh, I think when they get some build-up play, I think they are way more dangerous. When the passes are not 60 yards, they're, you know, six yards. Uh, I think there's a little bit more um, connectivity. And you uh, stay on the ball a little bit longer to give your back line a little bit of a mental break maybe as opposed to dumping it over the top every time um, and then giving up possession to the other team and all of a sudden you're defending again. Uh, I think our cross success rate from this past game was like 9%. Um, so not super great, although, you know, 30% is good. Um, I shouldn't say good. It's acceptable, I guess. Um, I really liked the way they played against Colorado um, I like the way they played for moments against Austin. Uh, the second goal was another really great goal. It was basically a tap-in for Michael Seaton. And the more tap-ins we give to Michael Seaton, uh, the more successful we're going to be. Um, so I'd like to see, like Dylan said, a little more, more team play, a little bit more get everyone involved in the buildup um, as much as possible, keep everyone mentally engaged both offensively and defensively. Um, yeah, and if people aren't willing to play within that system, then, you know, give the guys a shot who are. Um, I think the way that Orange County can play is great. So I don't think it's, a, a you know, a, a system issue or a leadership issue from off the field. Um, I just think it's maybe a little bit of a lack of leadership still on the field about making sure that everyone's doing the right thing. And uh, I saw it a lot on the ESPN Plus stream about them talking. There's a lot of talking going on. Uh, in between plays, after plays, between like Orozco and Leonardo. Saw Quinn out there uh, talking more than maybe he usually is. So I see a lot of positives, but when are those things going to show up? Because you can talk about seeing a lot of positives, but if it's not showing up on the scoreboard, it doesn't really matter. So um, in my opinion, one of the things we need to see for a successful three-point match from Orange County is urgency from the team. Uh, we're at that point of the season now where we've been struggling all season. We're into the second part of the season. At this point, the urgency needs to kick in because uh, earlier in the season, we were talking about it. It's early in the season. They have time. They can get it together. They they, they can start going on a run here and, and things will be fine. But now at this point, we're past the halfway point of the season. You got to have the urgency out there and, and show that you want this, show that desire, sort of what Dylan was was talking about, that you know those players that aren't out there maybe giving their all that are not out there playing as part of the team, but more playing as individuals. Maybe it's time to see them take a break, like Dylan said, and get some urgency out there because uh, one of the, and I think I was texting with you gentlemen at the end of this, uh, the Austin match where for like the last, like one and a half or so minutes of the match, when we're down already in extra time, when you know that final whistle is going to come, the, the team was just sort of nilly willy passing the ball around, you know, back to Aaron Cervantes and, and then Aaron Cervantes is like sitting there, you know, playing with it for 30 seconds where, you know, the whistle's coming. Why are we not pushing forward? And that shows a lack of urgency from that group of players that were out there on the pitch. I, I'm hoping that the coaching staff got on the players over that because that's unacceptable in that game. That's unacceptable. If we're going to play like that throughout the rest of the season, sort of looking at it as, okay, we're out of the playoffs. Let's not even try. Let's just collect our check. Let's have fun out in California. And, um, you know, yeah, so definitely need to see some, uh, a sense of urgency from the players. And if the players aren't going to show that urgency, we need to put other players in there that are going to, um, try and try. Play, 
play within the system and not try and be the the lone the lone superstar. Uh, part of the things we've complained about is over dribbling or you know not making the pass when it's available. I, I think that has gotten a little bit better, but there was a few times in this last match where it still looked like some players were trying to do it all on their own instead of looking for teammates. So I, I think for us to get the three points, we need to see the urgency. We need to see the the focus sort of mirroring what you gentlemen were saying there in this match uh, for that. Um, you guys have sort of already talked about some of the roster changes you would like to see out there. Uh, so let's then let's sort of just get into this. Who, who needs to shine in this match we, we talked about what we need to see as a team. Who needs to shine in this match? Uh, or, or who do you want to see step up in this match and maybe take on that leadership role or or lead this team to victory or, or, or whatnot? So I'll start with you, Dylan. Um, I think who needs to shine in this match is Darwin Jones. I think he's gone a little bit um, under the radar in the last few weeks, um, cooling off a little bit, which is fine. He's a winger. He's not going to score every game. Um, and if he does, then you put him up top. He's not an inside forward. Um he is a proper winger. He, he stays wide, and then he cuts in basically on the touchline. Um, I think just a couple of those passes need to either be made um, when they're on, and then if they're not, just a little bit more patient um, with the shooting and the passing. A, a few times, a few weeks now, he's just been a step or two ahead, and he's whipping it in before anyone's really in the box. Because um, he, he's quick, so he's beating most of the rest of the team down the pitch and then he's beating his man and trying to fire it in before he gets closed down. Um, as opposed to who needs to really show up in a leadership role. I mean, Aiden Quinn's been doing a great job of that this year. Um, we saw him in the Austin match, pull the team together when they went down two nil and, and, and start. I'm going to go ahead and say barking orders. Cause it did not look like a very um, calm conversation that he was having. He looked pretty serious and pretty stern with some of the other guys. Um, other than that, I think Orozco really needs to to control his back line. Um, whoever gets paired with him, um, he needs to make sure that they're right there with him. Um, and if he goes off on a little run, he needs to get back right away or he needs to not make that run because he, that's punished us a few times too. But yeah, I think it's mostly a DJ um, shining offensively and then Orozco showing up um, leadership-wise. I mean, he's been given the armband a few times for good reason and he's got the experience. It's there. It's time for that to to click. Perfect. What about you, Alan? Um, I'd like to see Kevin Coleman kind of continue the play that he's been uh, showing the past couple games. Um, I think he uh, plays. Uh, he can play pretty similarly to DJ on the left. I think we talked about this last week too, like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no furries already shining. I just like to see him continue that form. Um, I think if uh, he shows up uh, the way he does offensively uh, again, I think we're we're going to be really good. Um, I also agree with Dylan that Michael Orozco needs to kind of make that back line a little bit more his. I think maybe he's still trying to figure out and fill out players and what motivates them and what doesn't, and uh, which sometimes in a leadership role you want to do. Um, I think he just needs to be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more vocal. Um, but, you know, Joe Miko, Contour, I think they're doing fine. Um, Edson Alvarado, I think maybe um, his defense didn't show up super great this past week. Um, we referenced breaking ankles. It was almost always him. 
uh, which kind of let Contour out on an island because uh, he got beat a whole lot. And so Contour was having to force to recover a lot. Um, yeah, I think if uh, Coleman can continue his run uh, and continue to affect positive effect of the game, I'd like to see that. And I agree with Dylan. Leonardo, uh, Michael Roscoe needs to uh, kind of take charge, especially when young Aaron Cervantes is on the pitch. Uh, maybe he's not used to playing with a bunch of the and talking to a bunch of the backline guys like maybe McLean does. So maybe he fills in that role uh, as being a, a vocal leader and just making sure everyone's on the same page on the backline. Yeah, I'll have to agree with both of you guys when you say uh, Michael Orozco. He, he's the, the defense has been struggling all season long. We need some stability back there. We can't go into matches giving up three, two, three goals uh, on a consistent basis. We need uh, some we need shutouts on this for this team right now. Uh, we need a, a, a string of shutouts to get this, get the thing, get the ball rolling and, and sort of make this push uh, for hopefully a playoff spot. So uh, you're bringing in someone like Michael Orozco, who has the U.S. men's team experience. Uh, he's played in big matches in Mexico. So he needs to show the reason he needs to come here and show why he was part of the U S men's national team and be that leader on a team that does not have any other U S men's national team uh, experience other than maybe like some of the youth experience like you have there from uh, uh, Aaron Cervantes uh, currently, but I'm not saying, you know, the U S men's national team experience is like the greatest experience in the world. It's not like the U S men's national team is the greatest international squad in soccer, but it's still something. It's still something where, you know, uh, the player has experience playing against quality players in big matches, scoring goals, leading teams. So we need to see that uh, in there. And hopefully, hopefully he takes a leadership role back there. He just takes control of his team. I don't know if he's, uh, I, I can't remember if it was you or Dylan Allen. One of you two said it, uh, that maybe he's just sort of, you know, filling out what's going on with this team right now. He's not quite ready to say, you know, listen to me, do what I'm saying. He's he's coming in midway through the season. He's filling like the new guy out there. It, it we're past that at this point. We we need him to now step up and basically take over uh, the 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 team and and get them to start playing more at the level we're hoping for and and make that late season push into the playoffs. Hopefully, um, all right. Predictions for the match. Uh, we'll start with Allen. Three 0 and notice Allen did not pick a team, so we don't know. He, he, he's going to look good regardless if he doesn't say a team name there because when it comes back next week, San Antonio 3, Orange County nil. he'll be like, see, I got it right. See, yeah. I learned from the uh, Kawhi Leonard is coming to L.A. <laughs> no, you, could, you could be a little bit more specific. You could say, like, Leonardo is going to score. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what that means at this point? Is he going to uh, bang one in for us, or is he going to bang one in for San Antonio? 3-0, good guys. And and can I say this right now is I did not bring up any kind of Clipper reference here. It was Alan that brought up the Clipper reference. So Andy hates you now. Congratulations. Yes. Yep. Now you're on. Yep. Now you're on his uh, his most hated list. Uh, Dylan, what is your prediction for this match as far as the score? It's got to be the same thing. I know San Antonio brought in a Los Dos player as their new number nine for the rest of the year, um, and they've had issues with people who wear. Number nine in San Antonio, for whatever reason, there's some sort of curse where no one can score for them. I think that continues here. I think it's going to take a couple weeks to get running. They still don't really have a good offense. Their results are not good enough for the team that they are. I mean, it sounds like I could be talking about Orange County. 
uh, with that. But I think at home, with the fans behind them, with a, hopefully a lot of people there, with expectation, uh, riding high not only from the fans but from the coaching staff, um, I think this is enough to to get them a win. I think it might be enough to galvanize the squad and hopefully see a 2-0 win. Oh, so you go 2-0. So Allen's 3-0. Dylan's 2-0. My prediction, 2-1. Uh, and I'm going to say 2-1 Orange County, even though I'm hesitant to do that because now we've all picked Orange County to win, which you know what that means, knock on wood here, because typically when we all come into a match confident that Orange County is going to pull out the victory, they somehow, some way let us down. Uh, this goes back to last season, and, and this season I think it's an even easier thing because they've let us down quite a bit, regardless of how confident we go into the matches. But I will say I, I'm not as confident as you guys. I think we're still not quite there where we're going to be able to shut the team out, even though San Antonio is struggling. I, I still, for whatever reason, I don't feel like we have a settled-down defense. Uh, we have some inconsistency in goalkeeping with, you know, in-and-out rotation with Aaron Cervantes, Patrick McLean. Uh, so until I can see the quality back there on the defense and between the posts, I, I can't call a shutout. But I'm still hoping Orange County pulls out the win, uh, and I hope they win. And that's why I picked two one. All right. Um, anything else soccer related that we want to talk about at this point? Dylan, Alan, do you guys have anything? Nope. Dylan. I, and you don't have to I've like covered everything. something just to keep things going. If you no, really if I'm honest with you, I feel like I've I've covered everything, and I I try not to be super negative on this podcast. Um, I think that's like mostly reserved <laughs> or on Twitter. I, I feel like that's mostly reserved for my tweet or my texts to you and me yelling at the game while it's happening. Um, yeah, I think, cool. I think we kind of covered everything. And I, and I guess because it was such a disappointing match this past weekend and we got off to a late start uh, today due to some technical issues, perfect evening or perfect episode to maybe do a shorter episode here, not make people listen to us blabber on for an hour and a half our fans will be thrilled honestly <laughs> although we need to one day we'll have to do a three-hour podcast because i know people just love to hear that um let's get into this let's just talk about anything else we want to... <laughs> not even my mom wants to hear me talk for that long uh, well if you think about it though it's three of us so we'd only each be talking for about an hour if we average it out i think that's not a problem I think, I think my mom my mom would download it and then like give up halfway through and they'd be like I was listening to it, but I mean, I had to go somewhere. So now is that Sorry, really? Honey. Sounds, like, sounds, like, she does. sounds like 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 Mrs. Doubtfire or something. No, she that Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know. It was a run by Fruiting. She's like more British. You uh, have it's you sounded a little British there on your on your Im, Im, impersonation. Impression. I was watching. I was watching mm-hmm. Sherlock earlier today. I was like rewatching an episode. Cool. I have so. no idea what that is. So <laughs> it almost it almost looked to sound like you said a very inappropriate word there, Alan. So um I did not. Let's do this. The, let's I know we get we'll get into our random thought here, but I'm gonna because Alan sort of brought up uh watching the telly. Um let's let's do a recommendation for something to watch. And this is gonna be fun to hear what Dylan has to say. But let's go to Alan. Do you have a recommendation? Do you recommend uh whatever you've been watching or is there something else you'd recommend or, or just any random show you maybe have recently binge watched or. or I mean, it, was, it wasn't random. We binge watched uh, stranger things three 
Um, I think everyone and their mom probably did. Not my mom. My mom wouldn't watch that. But most normal people's mothers would probably watch Stranger Things 3. Don't say anything about Stranger Things 3 until we say you, you have to, if you're going to ruin it. Oh, no, no, no. It, I'm going to go a different direction. Spoiler alert or anything like that. Okay, go. Because uh, I know a lot of people watch that. Uh, we started watching this thing called Skin Wars. And it's like a comp- painting competition, but it's all body painting. And it's kind of fascinating. Like some of the people are like a little much for me as far as personality wise, but it's on Netflix. It's called Skin Wars. Uh, RuPaul is one of the judges. So it is fantabulous. Um, so that was the weird show that we've been kind of watching Skin Wars on Netflix. It almost sounds like it would be the, that that title for a show would be like the uh, late night Cinemax version of a Game of Thrones show. But I guess Game of Thrones was already Skin Wars for the most part anyway. So uh, sorry for anyone that never watched an episode of, of Game of Thrones. Uh, I ruined it for you now, uh, but uh, not really. So, Dylan, you've, if you've never watched Game of Thrones, now you're, you're not spoiled. But now, you know, it has something to do with maybe some skin and some wars and who knows what else goes on in that show. That's Dylan, do you have any, any show you want to recommend or that you've watched in the last 18 years, 20 years of life? I'm a little uh, bit older than 18 and 20, but only just. Um, I was actually kind of mad at Alan because he mentioned TV, and then I'm even more mad at you for wanting me to recommend <laughs> television shows because I really don't watch TV. Then um, I, I want you to go pull out your TV guide, scroll your finger down the list, and just stop at a show and just talk about that show. Because it's 1978 when you were born. Just kidding. I think it was 79. 79. 79 is my birthday. Look at that. You old man. Where are your gray hairs? I think I have more gray hairs than you. But anyway. I have um, beard when it comes out but my beard is oh, nothing same like here out. it's actually kind of bad anyway go for it dylan what show uh, are you going to listen to our listeners just started um i have an affinity for canada for some strange reason um so i just started the show letter kenny um which takes place in ontario um it's great there's a lot of wonderful clever little insults like um Here's a poem, Starlight, Star Bright, Why the F You Got Earrings On. Um, it's just about, sorry, it's just a boot. Um, Sounds like your type of show, Till. Yeah, really. Just some some simpler people and their, their lifestyles. Um, it's great. Don't watch it with your kids, but 10 out of 10, I recommend it. Cool. Especially yeah, if you have... like clever insults and stupid humor. Cool. I, I tend to be late to the party on a lot of shows. I don't really watch much stuff. I don't really watch live TV. I wait till stuff is, is available for me to sort of binge watch. Uh, the show that I've recently started binge watching is Black Mirror. Uh, I am now, I think, at season four, which is the Netflix stuff. But I, I, I think I like the original two seasons better uh, back when it was uh, a UK show. And you always, when you have something from the UK, there's always a different feel to it and then when netflix 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 takes it over it's still pretty cool but it's just i don't know for me it hasn't been quite as good as what the first couple seasons were but i'm i'm binge watching it still i'm, I'm getting through it it's a pretty cool show uh, if you haven't watched it check it out random stuff oh, random stuff uh, <laughs> i see you talking about the a team I, I i am assuming you're talking about the the ed sheeran song uh alan uh what random thought do you have to talk about today um, I have a much larger appreciation for air conditioning uh, these days. 
Uh, it's been a little warm and we don't have one. Uh, so it's been a little bit toasty. Uh, so my random thought is uh, we need to start saving up some money to install an air conditioner because of global warming. And it's just going to get hotter here. Um, but yeah, air conditioning, it's a great thing. I'm sure the fans in Phoenix already know this. Uh, but that's my random thought is it's been dumb hot and I need an air conditioner. Air conditionings are amazing. My little condo that we have, we do have central air and we we run it at a comfortable temperature for most point. But the hour or so that hour and a half, maybe two hours, I'm down here recording for the podcast each and every week is in the garage. There's no air conditioning in the garage. So when it's super hot, it, some of you can recall last summer where Dylan and I were complaining about, you know, 99 or 100 degrees and we we sort of had some of the desert listeners, you know, making fun of us for it, but it gets pretty hot in a garage when you have no air conditioning. And I sort of have to keep the garage closed because right outside my garage, there's like five or six other garages where cars pull in. So I can't really have it open to get whatever night breeze there might be because then you'd hear the noises of cars going in and out of their garage. Uh, and then the reversal too is when it's super cold, it gets really chilly down here. And there was, I remember one point, probably a few months back where, man, I, I was freezing down here, but I was just going through it. Trooper. Uh, Dylan, what is your random thought? And please don't let it be about jackets. It's not about jackets. Um, for those of you confused, I just called out Ray to wear a jacket when it gets cold because, you know, those are a thing. And he probably owns a couple. No, I know you own a few because I've seen you wearing a few different jackets. Um, as always, a literature recommendation this week. It's The Things They Carried. Um, it's a book that's actually just a collection of linked short stories. Um, so it's like 230-ish page. I think it's 233 to be exact, but um, just a whole bunch of little vignettes and short stories that are well worth reading. Um, I, I can't really recommend it enough. Um, I won't really tell you what to look out for like I normally do because Ray always gets mad at me. Just read it, see what you take from it come back to it in a little bit and, and reread it again, see what you get from it. Um, Telling someone to read a book twice, Dylan, man. I read it in high school and it was whatever. And um, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't get that much from it. And the older I get, the more and more I get from it. So there's something to be said for reading books twice. Other than that, I think my random thought is that we should all just kind of be nice to each other or something. Um, I think there's a lot of negativity, especially soccer culture, soccer Twitter, sports in general, people in general. Um, and I don't think it does anything, if I'm being entirely honest with you. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those days where I'm just like, hey, why don't we just love each other a little bit more and, and be nice? So that's my uh, Dylan is a hippie random thought or whatever. But surprise, everyone. I'm, I'm going to go listen to some like 60s and 70s singer songwriters after this and just that's all you listen for to. a simpler time when Vietnam was happening. Simpler time. Um, man, I don't that was know. a facetious comment, right? Yeah, I, I figured. I figured. Um, I, don't think I have a random thought. Uh, well, I guess a random, random thing to talk about. I will be heading up to Boise in a few days here with the family to go visit family. So I will be up in Boise for a week. I will not be here during Reno's daytime visit in the middle of the week uh, where Dylan's hair will be on the line. For those of you who do not know that 
uh, have been living under a rock or are just listening to us for their very first time, Dylan has a bet with the guys or with with a guy up in Reno, his, you know, favorite go to spot in the USL. Uh, and the bet is their hair. Uh, it was supposed to we were supposed to have some sort of result after the first game of the season. But the two teams drew, so now it is moved to this match next week. Uh, I, although I will be out of town, we're still going to get some sort of podcasting here going. Uh, it might be a, a, a an even shorter one than normal, even in what we're doing today. This is shorter than what we've been doing recently. Uh, just enough time to get in and talk about the San Antonio match and then talk about Reno and Sacramento, which will be pretty cool because there's going to be some sort of beer, bourbon, bacon fest going on at the stadium. Uh, three amazing things. So come on out and hang out for that too. And yeah, so if anyone listens, either lives in Boise or has been to Boise and has any recommendations for me and my family on what to do, we do have family out there. They'll probably let us know where to go. But if you have any recommendations, let me know and we can check them out if we have time. You could always just stay here in Orange County where there's things to do and it's not Boise. Well, got to visit family. Uh, my yeah, They could visit you. My wife's grandparents just recently moved from Bakersfield up to Boise, and so we have to go visit them. This is going to be the first, you know, our first time going out there. Also, my mother-in-law is going to be flying in from Hawaii to spend time with us, and then my mother-in-law is going to take my kids back to Hawaii with her for like two and a half weeks, giving my wife and I a few weeks without the kids so we can actually do adulting stuff during the week and not have to look for babysitters uh, to watch the kids so we can go out to karaoke or hang out with friends that do not have kids so like me like you alan. and alan the smart ones <laughs> oh jeez. Um, yeah i'm gonna ride that one <laughs> let's, let's get into this quickly let's get into our uh social media share with our listeners where they can find you on the social media pages alan you can find me at a underwood 48 on the twitter machine and dylan twitter is at OCSE underscore Dylan. Reddit is slash U slash OCSE underscore Dylan. And I recently was lucky enough to become a part of the County Line Coalition Instagram. So maybe you'll see some Ooh. posts that are obviously me from that. So you manage two Instagram accounts now. And a third if you count mine that I never use. So you're becoming an Instagram junkie. Oh, uh, and the Twitter for my fake Major League Baseball team, which is, uh, I think, at Fake Indians. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask you why we have that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Ray Samore. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. Um, go to our website, OCSCPodcast.com, to listen to our episodes, to read our news. We, we try and do... Uh, drop a few articles a week so you can listen to or you can read um, stuff. So if you like to listen, listen to our podcast. If you like to read, read what we have to say, comment on there, share it on Twitter, uh, interact with us, and uh, maybe, yeah, we'll have some more stuff coming your way. Um, thanks for listening. For those of you that have been listening since day one, thanks for your continued, continued, continued support of the podcast of Dylan and I and Alan uh, joining us this season. Uh, if you're joining us for the very first time, go back and listen to some of our older episodes to see what we've been talking about, see why we're still doing what we're doing here and why people actually continue to listen to us, apparently. And yeah, uh, for Dylan, for Alan, I am Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Mom.
Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.